Thanks a lot for tuning in to this special edition of the I Beat It First podcast. If this is your first time listening, we are I Beat It First, a video game and anime review and nerd culture website. You can find us at iBeatItFirst.com or iBiff.co. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, pretty much all the social media platforms as I Beat It First, and Facebook, I Beat It First Com. Our special guest today is Chris Alderson. If you don't know who Chris is, Chris is the lead character design and co-founder for Polyarch Games. He also has an extensive background and used to work for both Monolith and Bungie Studios. And especially at Bungie, was integral in character development and character design for the Halo series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Eric. No, I'm Jason. And I'm Chris. And we're I Beat It First. Yay! Oh, yeah. It's time for that sweet special edition that we got going on, guys. Super special. We have a very super special guest in the I Beat It First studios. Like, he's totally not across country. I swear it. No. He's here. But we have him locked in a closet, so the audio is going to be a little bit different than ours. So don't worry about that too much. (laughs) Can't escape. Our, our guest started his uh, his profession back in 2004 at Monolith Studios. Uh, he Ooh. then became a character artist and lead character design at Bungie, working on a myriad of amazing games that I'm sure that everyone has heard of. And now he is the co-founder of Polyarch. Please give a big round of applause for Chris Alderson! Yay! Yay! Hi, guys. <laughs> 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 How are All you doing today, there. Chris? I'm doing great. We're having doing a great. really, How is the weather really great day. In uh, Seattle, it's actually looking really nice. Well, aren't, uh, well then I, I guess might. you're really sad that you're locked in our closet, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, it's the worst, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, could add, you could add a window. In there, <laughs> All right, so uh, Chris decided that he would partake in the drinking with us. And Chris, what did you find in the uh, Polyarch fridge? So in the Polyarch fridge, I have a beer that was left over from the day we moved into our new office about a year ago. Sweet. Nice. And it gets better with age. Yep. yep. And so this was a gift from a friend. Um, it's called a Montucky Cold Snack. Nice. Yeah, it's it's actually grown in popularity in Seattle. You'll find it in the various dives or sort of like hipster bars. Hipsters but in yeah. Seattle? No. It's the official no, unofficial no. beer of Montana, actually. But let me let me just open it up real quick. I love the official unofficial beer of Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like we're the beer official unofficial five? podcast of Arizona. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have a, uh, and I will totally say this. I, I have this because my wife went to the store and she's like, all right, six packs of dogfish, 60 minute IPA, sweet. But then she got back and she realized that she got me a Lupa Luau IPA from dogfish. So it's like a coconut IPA. You're I have not tasted it. this You're yet. You're going to love it. I, it's better than a pineapple one. <laughs> True. For sure. Absolutely. And Jason has, a, Jason's super excited to talk about the beer that he has. I am. It's a special one from Trillium, my favorite brewery out in Boston. It's their Broken Angel, Angel uh, Belgian Strong. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Looking forward to right. it. Hardcore. And Chris Larson, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> well, this time we don't have anything from Sam Adams, so... Woo! 
Well, that's a plus. Yeah. This time <laughs> with the Alaskan Variety Pack. So I have the Alaskan Ice Bay IPA that I'm drinking on right now, and I also have an Alaskan Amber next to me. Sweet. Alaskan. Man, I feel like I'm 21 again. Well, good times with zips. <laughs> nice. All right. So, uh, Mr. Alderson. Yes. What was the first game that you ever beat? This is the tough one that we ask everybody whenever they come on. Oh, man. Um, I'm thinking back. It might be, I think it might be Mega Man 2. Ooh. The best Mega Man, in my opinion. <laughs> that, and that's some good Mega cred Man. to be able to beat Mega Man 2. Yeah, it was not easy. It took a very, very long time to get to that point. But the game was so good that um, I was okay with that, you know? You're 100%, you're 100% right. I, I had the passwords memorized for that game because it was a grid password system. I had them memorized for that game because I had to play it over and over and over. Oh, yeah. Was 2 6x6 six six or 8x8? Eight eight? Oh, you got me there. I think 2 was 6x6. Six six. I think 3 went 8x8 eight eight because they started adding. Maybe. But whatever it was. It was, it was, it was grid, so grid, insane. Yeah. Like, kids will never understand what we had to go through when we were kids because we used to have to draw the grid so that we knew how to get to the level because we had to go to the store with mom. Yeah, you had to write down <laughs> passwords and save points. Like, physically write yeah. them down. Yeah. yeah. Like, insanity. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, what are you currently playing right now? Um, Right now, I just picked up um, Hyperlight Drifter. Nice. And I've been trying I've been trying that out. I just started it the other night. Um, I've been on sort of a retro, but like new retro 8-bit sort of like, you know, I'm, I have a PS4, so like PlayStation Network, like $20, $30 game kick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just beat uh, Fury. Have you guys played that yet? I have not. I heard that was good. Uh, it it's, is amazing. It is really good. It's like boss fight after boss fight, and you die so much. But it's bullet hell, but samurai style. It oh, is. Yeah. It is. That's you, right. I've seen that. You die so much, and it infuriates you, but like in a way where you like have to get back in there, and you end up spending like four hour sessions like on one boss, and it's totally worth it though because you feel like a total badass by the end of after every single boss that you defeat. I think there's probably like nine or ten. You feel like a god, and then you you're like, ah, oh, I should be done. But then you just gotta like get back in there because you think you're awesome, and and then you get destroyed again, and then that's sort of the rinse and repeat sort of gameplay mechanic there. Um, and then and then Celeste, I I've been playing, which is awesome. And so you kind of see a theme here, like they're all very like neon right. aesthetic, like retro style kind of games. But um, yeah, I'm just really into that stuff right now. There's big money in that genre right now, man. It's a it's a hot genre for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of games coming out. Um, and especially, I, I really like the way that they're really taking advantage of it to where it's it's all 3D, so more like the voxel set, but a much smaller set than what you got than what you get with Minecraft. Like Minecraft's voxel, but it's usually big on the screen. I love the much smaller set to where everything's made out of three-dimensional pixels that then build up and make those 8-bit or 16-bit characters. Yeah. Right, and kind of similar, I guess, to the art style for Octopath Traveler a little bit. Is that we're kind of getting at? Yeah. Or? Well, uh, not uh, kind of Octopath Traveler. Oct- Octopath Traveler is uh, almost more like PS1 in its quality. Um, you're right. thinking of the other one that Square is making where it's that weird... No, wait, no. No, that is Octopath. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's wrong. I started Rubbing this. his face. Shame. I started thinking of the uh, the the successor to I Am Setsuna immediately as soon as oh, you said that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. No, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Wish I had a bell. Shame. 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 <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. Okay, so uh, 
so you're you're a PS4 guy now, right? Uh, yes. What were you growing up though? Growing up, so here here was my uh, sort of road to how I got here. I had an NES point, and then I think we yeah, then we went to Genesis. Yes, point. So, Actually, no, you get two points for that one. Yeah. <laughs> sadly, so sadly, I skipped the to play Super Nintendo. I had to go to a friend's house. Just like so, me. <laughs> play, playing Link to the Past, I had to go to a buds. Um, and then and then and Super Metroid. If you wanted to play that, you had to go to. Oh yeah. House. Whatever he yep. had, Toe Jam and Earl, Sonic. He, yep. was, he was covered. Oh yeah, yep. no, no, we had plenty of games on our Genesis. Thank think, you very much. I think Earthworm Jim was my jam. Yeah, yes. yeah, groovy. Yeah, um, yeah. What was after that? So I think a PlayStation, the first one, and then I think a PlayStation Two, and then I got an N sixty four after the fact because I had to get my Golden Eye on. Of course, that makes so much sense. Because you you were no yeah. longer friends with that friend that had the N sixty four, right? Oh yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, the nostalgia kind of you know made me spend the hundred fifty bucks or whatever it was to get that. And then Xbox three sixty because I was at Bungie at the time. Obviously, that yep. that one was the obvious one. I I was waiting to see if you ever actually said that and be like. So you never picked one up for the games that you worked on? <laughs> yeah. No, this is when I got the job. And so now I started. So actually, no, 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 no. I got a 360 during Condemned. Oh, okay. Condemned was kind of like a launch title on, on the Xbox 360. A good one, too. Thanks. <laughs> that one, yeah, that one's often forgotten. But, yeah, Jason but yeah, and Chris was... are the ones that got the 360s. I, yep. I've been solid Sony since the PS1. Oh, nice. Yeah, when I picked up the 360s, the Elite. I think it was right when I was about to graduate college, and or no, high school. So I had all that high school graduation money. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of waited on that one a little bit. Chris Thanks, Larson Emma. is also a baby, so yes. uh, don't <laughs> hold that against him. <laughs> Teeny, oh. tiny little baby. <laughs> so then obviously PS3, then PS4, or did you skip the PS3? I think I might have skipped. No. Yes. Wait. <laughs> this is Wait how memorable the PS3 no, was for a lot yeah, of people. I skipped, I skipped PS3. It was it was 360. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah. yeah. that's how uh, Xbox gained a lot of their popularity. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah, moved to Bungie, and then yeah, I ended up getting it, the the Halo 3 exclusive. Yep. Nice. Yep. Uh, so I had two 360s, and then uh, <laughs> and then Bungie started working with Sony for the Destiny franchise, and that's how I got my PlayStation 3 nice. or PlayStation 4. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, they started working on Destiny on the PS3 and then, and then jumped. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it was on both. Well, I think, it, yeah. I think it did come out on the... Yeah, it came it out did, on the last yes. oh, Des- Destiny 1 was all consoles. Yep. PS60, PS3, PS4. Mm-hmm. I did not play it on the Current PS3, so I completely forgot that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Still not yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But now, now I'm definitely jonesing for a Wii. But I a told, Wii? I skipped all the, or no, oh, not a Wii, a, uh, a Switch. The Switch, yes. Yes. Okay. There we go. One there we go. of us. One of us. One of us. I was about to say, Chris, I got a Wii I can give to you right now. I got a Wii U I can give you right now if you want. We'll we'll ship it to you right now for free. (laughs) I have a Switch. I love it. Chris has a Switch. He loves it. Jason has played the Switch and vehemently denies that he loves it, even though he loves it. I I like it. I like it just fine. It's just not there for me. He likes it for $50 cheaper. Yes. No, $150 cheaper. (laughs) You want it for $150? Yeah. Well, everyone wants it for one fifty. What was the what would be the highest price you'd pay for it? What what about tree fitty? <laughs> Get out of here! I ain't got no tree fitty. <laughs> All right, sorry. 
that's our that's our tangent right there. <laughs> so then you've been working solid uh, doing VR, correct? Uh, yes, for the past three years, roughly. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go back into actual questions on this. Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was it like leaving an established studio like Bungie and going off into the wild and building your own studio and co-founding your own studio? Um, I mean, it was it was scary. I would say it was scarier before I actually left. Like the 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 idea of leaving Bungie, a studio that I loved working at. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the everyone I surrounded myself with there. Um, and so it was actually, yeah, before leaving was actually the hardest part. But, um, you know, I did it. I left. Um, I went and started on my very first day at Polyarch with like two or actually three of my my really good friends from Bungie. And I knew that day I was like, okay, I made the right decision. This is what I need to do. Um, it was more like a thing I, I had to do really, you know, you kind of, you get these sort of these options in life. You get, you know, some, these chances to, to do something that you really believe in. And it was something that I had to like go and do. And that's, that's what I told the people at, at Bungie when I left, I was like, I don't want to leave, but this is something I kind of got to go and do. And um, yeah, I'd say the difference between it being a large studio and a small studio is pretty, pretty vast. Like um, communication can be kind of a hard thing when you're working with hundreds of people. Um, but uh, yeah, when you're, when you're in a studio with, we ended up with 15 people total now, um, even, even that size, all you have to do is really have conversations and just by being around other people, you kind of absorb what the game is as a whole. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that part is really good. The way we communicate and work together. Um, it's also really fun to spread your wings and do multiple things. Like one day you're doing like, you know, promotional material one day you're animating something and the next day you're making environments. And, um, creatively it's been, it's been extremely satisfying. I'm going to ask a total biz dev boring question. Yeah. <laughs> hit me. I'll try and give an exciting answer. to that. <laughs> you don't have to, it's fine. No. Jason's boring. How mm -hmm. agile is your uh, 15 people? Oh, um, extremely. Agile. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> and to kind of follow up on that, when you started Polyarch, was did you know you were going to build a VR game? Did you know you were going to be working with Sony? Yes, we knew we were going to make a VR game. That was sort of our, our statement to begin with. We we felt like in order to be successful, um, we were going to try and be a big fish in a small pound rather than the other way around. Um, we, I mean, the initial founders, myself, Danny Bula and Tam Armstrong, along with uh, Brendan Walker, who was our, our first hire. Um, we all went to Valve, which is essentially across the street from Bungie, to try out their their Vive when VR was still like this like top secret thing that um, you had to experience to really understand Um Back when Valve and, made games. Yeah, back when yeah. they actually worked. No, no, yeah. I think they weren't making games they're, at the point. They, they still were thinking about it. They're thinking Maybe, about yeah. it now again. Well, they're always like thinking that. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're really but, thinking about it, but they're probably still. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed half-life uh, um, three. Yep. <laughs> one day. One day. No, unfortunately, <laughs> we've already broken the news to our listeners that that is officially dead. I think we even read the uh, the letter that the, that oh, the writer no. wrote oh, and yeah. posted online. <laughs> it, it was very sad that day. I didn't know that was official. Well, it's not oh, an official God. letter from my heart is, Val. Can you hear my heart breaking from over here? <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to read that letter. Yeah, the the initial yeah. writer is gone, and he wrote this big, long letter on and posted it on Reddit. Yeah. In the of, person of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Gordon in, Freeman. 
Yeah, yeah. as Gordon Freeman talking as about it, it's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. <Dang. laughs> Sorry to break your heart there, Chris. Uh, I beat it first. Breaking dreams. Pour one out. <laughs> I pride myself on destroying hopes and dreams on a regular basis and instigating hate and, uh, <laughs> oh and curse God. words. Yes. <laughs> we, all, we all have our hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> It's a job. (laughs) It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. (laughs) So uh, I I guess that brings up the question of like, how did you choose the people, like the 15 people that you actually got to work at Polyarch? Like, did you have people in mind initially or did it kind of just organically build? We we had people in mind initially. We had a, you know, you always have your people that you've worked with before that you like, you know, and trust and you know of talent around Seattle just because it's just a small, small space. Like you just, you just know a lot of people um and then we also had i mean we were we were about a year that we were bootstrapped so we had time to kind of like meet with people grab coffee get to know them and like meet a few times before we we initially or eventually found our funding and so we kind of had a crew kind of like ready to go like when we get our first check all right we're gonna go meet up with everybody again run up the troops it's kind of like the beginning of like uh mighty ducks 2 when they like <laughs> stick around and like you over there with the weight, weight lifts or is that a- <laughs> You talking to the girls? Come on, follow us. We're gonna we're gonna start a company. Um, it, was, it, it feels come like the, that. In my come mind. to the brew pub. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna get some beers and talk games. Exactly. Um, you said Mighty Ducks, so I have to say, don't you know that everything's on fire? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like three points for saying Mighty Ducks in this podcast. I would yeah. give that up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, you're vastly increasing your cred with us, and we're okay with that. You bring up Emilio Estevez anytime. Yeah. Plus five. <laughs> <laughs> like many, like, if you use a Mighty Ducks reference just mid-sentence, I swear yeah. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Goldberg! <laughs> but yeah, how many points do I have? I feel like I have like five. Uh, actually, you're up at like eight or nine now. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that beer is pretty good sounding. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you got lots of hipster cred with that beer, so... <laughs> no, that's the thing. I'll be, I'll be honest. It's not like the most amazing beer but you but will get a lot of hits spread you yeah. will get <laughs> but the name sounds amazing and the fact that you said that it is the unofficial official beer of montana <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i think that makes it the official beer of far cry 5 right i know that's yes. what I was just thinking too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the official beer of glitchy glitchy games <laughs> beautiful though very very beautiful yeah. so okay so you said that you guys knew you're gonna build or gonna make a vr game um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, who we initially came up with the idea for Moss. Um, it was we actually had ideas for a couple games in VR. So as we were sort of like playing around with VR and figuring out what was important to us to make like a really really good VR game that that we would believe in, um, we actually had two ideas, and Moss was kind of one. It was like the second idea actually. Um, the first one was more like a strategic game but kind of is always the worst it's okay (laughs) but then then moss came out of it based on some of the experiences that we had as we were prototyping like what were the things that we really believed in one was like you know physical interaction like reaching into a world and like interacting with characters and and the environment in a novel way was something that was really intriguing to us i mean if you, you play moss it's like you know what the entire game is like grounded by is is that idea um and then like storytelling and like taking you to awesome places was really important to us and basically everything we came up with the list of all the things that we really wanted the game to be and moss was kind of it um and uh 
what really sold everyone was when we started figuring out that, you know, the physical interaction was really, really awesome and new as far as video games go, but the emotional reaction that you get when you interact with Quill is something that I think that hasn't been explored enough in VR. And um, that was where we really decided that we had to make this game because it, it was more than just a game that we wanted people to play and beat. Um, we wanted people to have a, a relationship with this character that we thought was something that was was groundbreaking and something that we really believed in. Yeah, the character interaction was stellar. One of the p top things that really popped out to me. My question to you, was it always a mouse? It was actually the first, the very, very first concept of Quill was actually a fox. Oh, huh. that would have actually been pretty cool too. Foxy Fox. So the oh, reason no. why is no, Chris, no, we're not going Wrong there. Wrong kind of fox, Chris. Yeah, th this oh, is not sorry. the podcast episode to talk about that. <laughs> so, what was initially a fox, but also a, an older man? So, well, like that, a like the Fantastic Mr. Fox type thing. Well, kind uh, kind of not really. It's more like this like shifty thief. I, I guess that is describing the Fantastic Mr. Fox. But, <laughs> but it was always like it was always like a medieval medieval setting. Oh, okay. Um, and so complete with like, you know, cape and like a vest and like knives and all that stuff. Um, and then the, the reason why it wasn't a fox is just the, the scale issue. Um, we wanted to make this world believable that you were there. And if we made you sort of a giant character and you're like interacting with these these uh, these animals that we kind of shrunk down, we, we felt like we, you wouldn't get the same emotional reaction as you would like a mouse or an animal that you could really believe could be like your pet or something you'd really want to take care of. Um, I can definitely see that because I, as you're saying that, um, I'm trying to picture what the enemy would be in order to get that big scale with a fox. Yeah, I mean, probably a farmer or something. Yeah, so it would have to be a human. You know? Or maybe a giant bear. A bear. Yeah. Oh, a grizzly bear. bear. Yeah. Grizzly bear actually could have been could have yeah. been done. But no, it was it was perfect. That with snake the is yeah. yeah the it's snake. The, was the whimsy perfect. of being able to get down close, small, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it was like this large adventure it was a lot of fun. And, and I will you tell see you, everything else that's so big around you. Yeah, I will tell you, my son loved the crap out of watching me play that game. He's five and a half, and he loved. He thought Quill was the cutest thing ever. He loved cool. the interaction of me petting her. <laughs> he loved me just moving her around. He hated it just as much as I did when I was at E3. Like, when she got injured, he'd yell at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it... it amazing job with the character design on that awesome thank you yeah that that's exactly what we we wanted um we knew we had something when someone would come in and this is when we had like no textures on anything um and maybe quill had three animations but we had an early prototype that people would come in to the office and play and i mean and it was it was lacking all the reactions of like high fives and like petting quill and, and all that stuff or her even like waving to you like when, when a player comes in the office and starts talking to Quill, when Quill, especially when like Quill dies and you start, the person's like, Quill, why'd you do that? Even though you're the one that's actually guiding her around. <laughs> we knew that there was something there. We're like, okay, cool. We got to, we got to really explore this and see where we can go with it. So to expand back more on the, to the before time, before Quill was Quill, mm -hmm. um, how in many of you times? in Vampire Times, <laughs> in, the, in the before time, before, before the Thunder Glenn before time. <laughs> exactly. Um, how many of you are familiar with the Redwall series books? I, I didn't read Redwall until a little bit after, because enough people are like, oh, this is like Redwall. But um, I think 
Tam had read a little bit of that. There was also Mice and Mystics that um, mm. that I know Brendan. He was he was sort of like our. He initially uh, set out to make a VR board game, but he was in our office and he saw what we were working on. He's like, "Yeah, I got to do what you guys are doing." So he kind of just joined up. <laughs> so that was probably the easiest. Easiest hire that we had, um, but uh, that's he, also yeah, the uh, most satisfying hire. We're like, hey, this guy gave up on his dream to follow. Yeah. <laughs> Come One with day. us. One day, follow me, my child. Yeah, exactly. Come with me if you want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, none of us were too familiar. We did. I mean, we saw. I was more familiar with like Secret of Nim and like mm. Fivel. That was kind of my Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. It's like Five goes American west. Yep. It's like mm-hmm. Five goes yeah. west. If Five wasn't a bumbling idiot, <laughs> yes. Secret of Nim. Although it scared the crap out of me, I thought oh, yeah. as a child, um, that one I, I really loved. Absolutely, Secret of Nim was one of those movies that's like if you're not scared by it, you're obviously a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how you know. That's yeah. the test. That's how you know. That's <laughs> that, what they that should be doing. Should, yeah, it should be the serial killer test for children. Is At you 10 sit years them old, down, you see you this movie, <laughs> you get split into two groups. Ten, I need to show it to Ronan now. Yeah, <laughs> make sure that that kid, that little five-year-old, is not a serial killer. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes. So, with the uh, sign language that Quill does, how did that come about? So that idea was, I mean, I'll be honest, it was actually an exploration um, that. Rick, our animator, Richard Lico, um, was like, he was, he was trying different ways for Quill to kind of interact with you. We knew that we weren't going to have a bunch of voice actors in our game. It just wasn't something that was within our scope. Um, and we sort of loved the whole idea that there was a narrator that was like speaking to you kind of like, it reminds me of, you know, when your mother would like read you a bedtime story. That's kind of the vibe we really wanted to give off. Um, and so if Quill can't talk to you verbally, like what are different ways that she can sort of like show you something or like, you know, interact with you. And, you know, one way is to like be really emotional, like, you know, pantomime and like, you know, flash her, her hands really wide to really show you these emotions. Um, you'll notice her ears or actually her ears are pretty large on purpose to kind of, so she's so small. We really want you to like see her emotions. And that's sort of like why her ears got that large. Um, and so we explored all these different things and like, ways for cool to kind of talk to you like the narrator kind of like speak to you a little bit about like how she's feeling but to take it further richard tried um sign language and it got such a great response on the web that it was something that we felt obligated like we had to do this thing you know like it wasn't just people being like oh that's cool that's neat it actually gained this like emotional response and kind of added to the thing we were trying to do already you know we wanted you to go on this adventure with this character and like feel something and it felt like her signing to you like really helped drive that home and so we're like yes this is something that we need solidified the relationship for sure yep because yep. yeah i got a friend who's uh deaf um he goes to our games with me and he's just like comment on one of my posts where i shared one of our news articles about moss and he's just like oh is that the game with the asa i kind of want to try that out and just see how accurate it is yeah and so he kind of heard about that game just through using the sign language awesome did he did he get to play it uh, i don't know if he's played it yet Okay. Yeah, I yeah, love the biggest problem is the, obviously the VR and the yep. the entry into that is so there's there's less people that have had a chance to play such an amazing game just because of the VR and I just hope that more people buy the VR so that they can play just even just this game. I mean, there's there's good yeah. games on the VR system, but this is a great game. Yeah, One that's kind of what I was saying back at E3 too. This is like the killer app for i guess psvr where this is all right this is the one that kind of pushes you over the edge to buy it like halo was for the original xbox this was a nintendo platform this would be the game bundled with the system because it's such the game that everyone needs to play 
Because yep. it's too kawaii for words. Yes, too oh, kawaii. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I really appreciate that. It's awesome to hear. And it's not just lip, lip service. Yeah. It's it's really yeah. good game. Yeah. Thank so you. when you guys were doing the, so you, you talk about the the story, um, and that you wanted it to be like reading a bedtime story and going forward. How many times did you guys watch the Neverending Story so that you could get that like that library scene for the reader just right and making the ambiance? <laughs> because that was. Perfect. Yeah, I mean the the entire like attic scene, like the they went pretty far with it. And there's some things that we really want to try down down the road if we're fortunate enough to make to make another one. Um Please where do it. <laughs> where like the 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 border between or the window between like the fairy tale world and the real world, like they really do a good job of like whatever's happening in the story, you really feel that on the other the other ends and we, there were a couple ways that we tried to break that sort of like fourth wall is like when quill is like looking out of the book she can actually like see you when she's looking at you there's a moment where you see your reflection within the, the book and the story and it kind of just shows you that there's like a little bit more there there's there's something going on like the magic of this book um is something that is bigger than just quill's story and i think i mean it's hard to tell but maybe some of those ideas came from some of the things they were doing like i loved when was it a tray you would like talk to the reader of that book and it was yeah, just they had to yell each other's names back and forth yeah yeah where, where the kid is like oh me you know and yeah. there was something really magical about that entire- open the window yeah he's yeah. supposed to open the window the yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does he say? He's like, he's like, I'm not afraid of you, or something like that. Or, oh no, he screams a Treyu, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he screams yeah. a Treyu out the out the window. Screams and I forget his what name. his name is. A Bastion. Yeah. Bastion. Yeah, a Treyu, a Treyu, and the 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 childlike empress say Bastion. So yeah. That they can make a oh, that's so good. So many times I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a rock band named a Treyu. Yes, this is true. Sadly. So, wait, you have a great instagram account uh yes. we, we've seen a lot of like the the paintings that you've done oh yeah there, and you've yeah. done some amazing paintings but one of the things hey. that chris found the most interesting out of that instagram account is that recently you apparently bought a jurassic park jeep oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> you got a slow clap from jason if you couldn't hear that oh yeah. man I did not expect this one to, to pop up. So I Plus actually... 10 points if you can hum the theme to Jurassic Park right now. <laughs> is this for 10 points? Yeah, 10, 10 points. points. 10 points. Which, which theme do you want? The, 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 the main theme. The main theme, theme. The main the main theme. theme. of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, awesome. You probably haven't listened to our, our last <laughs> podcast, which because uh, we recorded it on Sunday and it just went live last night, but the entire latter half of it was all OSTs. And at one point we did hum the Jurassic Park theme song. Horribly. Um, horribly. 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 <laughs> we, so we, were, we sang the DuckTales theme song. Also, there is also. Yep. Yes. Another five points. Five points to Alderson. <laughs> that's really that's really why i'm here now is just to get as many points as possible yeah sweet we want you to break the high score <laughs> um but i hope this doesn't lose me points because the jeep actually isn't my jeep it was sorry we've also watched apparently way too much prices right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was that? Uh, at, at my, is it cool to look at at least or touch? I, I wouldn't even care. Oh, it's it's super sweet, and I actually I really really want to get one. It's it's around Seattle. I think that was actually the house it might be at. So nice. Uh, nice. If you're ever Isn't in town, I can at least show you the, to the you van? the what. 
Is it the house that also has the van? The uh, um. The like the green one, right? With like oh, the, the jeep and there's the van. Yeah. Where all the people were in. Yeah, the jeep is for the the workers. Oh, the explorers. Yeah, the explorers. Not a van. Whatever. Yeah. Close enough. It was a Ford Explorer. Yeah. yeah, the green one. Yeah, those for the those are the that was the ride. That was the actual ride. Yeah, the ride. Yeah. 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 But I know there's a place up in Seattle that, that someone owns both of them. What? Well, I know oh. there's a there's a group here that has yeah. where there's people with the jeeps there's people with the explorers and then there's my buddy fernando who has a miata with an sdi top mount intercooler sticking out of his hood that's all done up in jp style nice yeah if you come to phoenix comic-con they usually have a lot of vehicles out in the center section between the uh Which the I phoenix convention center this year do what they're not having cars this year i heard wow really and that's officially lame now um yep. but they they used to always have <laughs> And they they would have like Ghostbusters and stuff like that, but they had they usually had like four or five JP mm. Jeeps and Exploders and everything there. It was awesome. They all had different numbers on them too. Vans. Exploder. Van. <laughs> Exploder. <laughs> Looks like a van. You're driving a van. <laughs> Sorry, we, Jason and I especially have known each other for 20 years, so, or 17 years, sorry, not 20 years. While you're driving a van? I, I have then a WRX, everything. dude. Van. My WRX doesn't kill as many people as your Mustang does. Still a van. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so, so what do you horrible. actually drive then if you ha- if you don't have the JPG? So I have a 2014 WRX. See? Oh, yeah. Enjoy that van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my van. 2014 was a good year. Mine's a 2016. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. You, yeah. The, the only drawback of the 2014 is it still had the 2.5. Oh, yeah. Is, yep. yeah oh, so we're going to talk about cars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a car. Sorry, car. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are two of three people that, that co-host this podcast that know about cars. The third one has a Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> we have a trifecta. Everyone knows about something in this podcast. Two always do, one does not. Yes, this yeah. is great. <laughs> it, it, it helps a lot because you have one person to fact check the other. Yes. <laughs> but yes, the, the 2.5, which didn't have as, uh, most, as reliable of output. Actually, Chris and I were just talking about this the other day uh, through yep. our group chat about the, about the differences in the different engines for yeah, it. Yeah, with the new USDI getting a whole five horsepower more. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we'll go back to games now because yes. Jason's like about ready to shoot it's himself. Video game <laughs> hey, car corner. Remember how awesome it, w- it is to race a WRX in Gran Turismo? No, because it's a video game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gran Turismo, get out of here. <laughs> no, it's a game. It's allowed. Okay, so do you ever miss the large studio life? What's up? Do I miss it? Do you it? ever miss the large studio life, or do you love being in the tiny studio, the, or the smaller studio? Because you're 15 now, so you're not really tiny. Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't miss it that much. Um, the I guess starting any company comes with like its own stresses. I guess the thing what I the thing I did like about it was the fact that um, it felt very comfortable and like there was always going to be like a pay check you know years from now mm-hmm. hopefully um but like here you just you know you you make your first game and you, you you hope that it's the best thing ever and um there's just i guess there's just more on your shoulders at a company like this you know and i think that's that goes for everybody here um and you talk about like you know can people spread their wings like can you know can everyone be really versatile and like move around really uh really easily and uh be agile be agile that's the word i was looking for um <laughs> That's Thanks, that's all true. You're welcome. How many hats yeah. can everybody wear? <laughs> exactly. And 
there's there's quite a bit actually um and so yeah while while all that is is awesome you can like you can do a lot more at a smaller studio um you do also have the burden of um you know if you screw up it's actually it can be kind of a bigger deal than than if you screw up and there's you know 100 people there to like kind of lift you up again um and so it's just it just you know the the added amount of joy that you get when you move to a, a smaller studio and you work on a game that you built from the ground up just just us felt like we had very much like family vibes. You also feel the same amount of like, you know, stress and, um, you know, you just, you just really hope that fans really, really enjoy it. And so I'm actually really happy with the way everything turned out. And I can, I can kind of understand a lot of what you're saying on that. Cause I, I'm in a large company, but our office is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's only like seven of us in the, in the main corporate office that do like everything for the company. And it's definitely, if you mess up, you, it's much harder to get everyone to lift you back up. But I, I do feel that it's more genuine when they're lifting you back up as opposed to some guy who's like, oh, it's okay. It never happens. And then five seconds later, he turns yeah. around and he's like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everything's, everything's just heightened. Living Heckman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like just emotions are just heightened. I think when you're, when you're in a smaller studio. Um, yeah, definitely. So, and yeah. Um, you, you definitely feed a lot more on the positive and the negative in a smaller company, yep, but absolutely. it, it, it definitely can have much higher highs as yep. it has lower lows. Exactly. Yeah. The reward, the reward of people enjoying your game is, is a lot higher, I think. So, Chris, I'm 15. Well, I sound like I'm 15, but let's say that <laughs> He I... looks like he's 12. He sounds like he's 15. <laughs> yeah. He's really 33. Four. Four, sorry. Right. Four. <laughs> but let's say I am 15 for real. Yeah. What do I need to do because I am really into video games and I want to get involved? What do I need to do to be the next Chris? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to answer this question like you are a young, aspiring video game artist. Um, I would say, I mean, the best thing I did was go to art school because maybe not just for like the school and like what I learned there, but it was for a single moment where someone was like, Hey, you, you know, you do art. Do you want to, you know, make money outside of school when you get out? Um, and I was very poor at the time. They're like, you should get into video games. Seattle's very, you know, prolific video game area starting to be up and coming. And, uh, yeah, I think that someone telling me that was what really helped me. And then after that, you got to kind of decide what, what route you want to go down. Um, and so for me, it was, it was characters and, uh, yeah, I would say just do, do what you're best at. Um, and do what you love. Like if it's, you know, if it's characters, then, then do characters and work as hard as you can until you get that job or if it's environments, then, then focus on that. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really tough question. I would say go on YouTube. YouTube is probably your best friend as far as like <laughs> learning the hard thing. question. I know, Jason. right? <laughs> when you submitted your first artwork, like were you rejected right out? Were you like accepted? Did you have to do any iterations or? Um, yeah, I mean, there's always iteration. I would say that's also a really good thing to, to remind yourself is that if you show, you got to show people your work often and you got to kind of accept what they're going to say for better or for worse. Um, a lot of times it's not going to be exactly what you want to hear, but I think that gets you ready for the actual, actual industry and what it's like. Um, cause every time you hear something like that and it hurts a little bit, um, can actually help you as long as you deal with that in the right, the right way. You pick yourself up and you're like, okay, I got to listen to that. I'm going to give it a shot. And more often than not, when you try something that someone suggests, it actually does make your work at least a little bit better because you're trying something that you wouldn't have tried before. It kind of takes you out of your comfort zone. And I think that is is a very good lesson to learn. Sage words. Everything's designed yes. by committee at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, 
Chris had a question that he put onto our, our like, message, and it just says esports, esports, esports. <laughs> esports. Yeah. Esports. down notes on my phone. Oh, you just wanted you just wanted to sound like Microsoft. Esports. Yes. Esports. Esports. esports, esports, esports. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, we actually didn't hit on. So we talked about like what you hit, what you beat first, and what you beat recently. What was your favorite game growing up, though? Favorite game growing up, man. What was I good at? <clears throat> well, no, you don't necessarily have to be good at. Like Ooh, sometimes it's the memories. games that you sucked at, yeah, and you're like, memories. oh my god, I love that game. I actually have a really good one. So this this is the game. He's gonna say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The fuck <laughs> <laughs> Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. No, no, uh, no, the first it, NES yeah, game. Yeah. Oh, that, that was hard. Turtles in Time was great. Uh, Turtles in Time was awesome. Turtles in Time. The first TMNT was not was not my favorite. It no, was horrible. Nobody's favorite. It was a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> so the game, the game, this is the one that sort of actually got me thinking that like games was like a real, like something I could really get into um, as far as like a profession goes. Um, I remember one summer I waxed my grandfather's boat and it took two days in the summer of, I don't know if you know where Yakima, Washington is, but it is a desert and it gets pretty hot there. It's probably in the 90s. Is that close to Arizona? So you understand the, the heat. It's probably close to Idaho. Is that why it's more kind of like a desert? You have to be east. Yeah. No, it's eastern Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so um, for two days, I waxed my grandfather's boat for $50. And with that $50, I went to Fred Meyer and I got the uh, Tomb Raider for the PlayStation. Fred Meyer? And Tomb Raider? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so with that $50, I bought Tomb Raider. And that was actually the first game that kind of really opened my mind and was like, like, oh man, I kind of want to be a video game artist. Um, I think it, I mean, I started playing the game and it was, you know, as cool as the screenshots that I saw. Um, But it was when the like the T-Rex and the Velociraptor show up is when I was like, I was smitten. When it hit the fan, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's when I was like, "Wow, this is like this is my new favorite uh, favorite IP." So if you uh, if you loved Tomb Raider, uh, have you met R.H. Davis before? I haven't. She's the person that actually wrote like the backstory for Lara Croft. Oh wow! So that's cool. she. She's got a lot of like other books, and she's she's written a lot of stuff for it. But uh, she's she's very interesting, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. But she is a she's a pretty awesome person it sounds like does she cool. have triangle boobs no she does not have triangle boobs ah. yeah no she doesn't have triangle boobs i mean that you would think that since so she wrote the backstory for Lara Croft. that makes but. sense that, mm-hmm. that would like it'd be the line to draw i'd be like there it is i got it but she's she's much our age she's in her mid-30s right now for right. it so uh that's i we're i'm really trying to get an interview with her so that we can have her onto the podcast as i mean well. respectfully does she have triangle boobs <laughs> <laughs> So you, you haven't met R.H. Davis before, but uh, she's, yeah, that's definitely, especially if you're a big fan of Tomb Raider, like she's one person that I really want to meet and talk yeah. about. All right. Um, awesome. So we normally do our, our segment of You Are Wrong Because Reasons, and we are told that you have prepared a list for us. Is that correct? I'm prepared. You are prepared. All right. So it's now points. time for You Are Wrong Because Reasons. All right, so every week we do a list of that somebody does, and we tell them exactly why they're wrong on that list. Uh, no matter what, it doesn't really matter what you say on the list, because obviously everyone's got different tastes on what they like. But 
In this case, Chris, thankfully enough, uh, decided that he would do a list for us, and it is best video game cover art. So top five. Still wrong. But it's always wrong. It doesn't matter. Still wrong. <laughs> I'll show you who's wrong. <laughs> Did then Lincoln say he was always wrong? But yeah, from what I'm told, uh, Lincoln said that you're always wrong, so it's perfectly fine for us to do a, sec- a segment called You Are Wrong Because Reasons. <laughs> and who's Lincoln? Lincoln is the director of communications for Polyarch. So you would definitely know. <laughs> yes. So why are I'm you really, always wrong? He's not Chris? here right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is he in there? No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> I kept so, trying to get him, and I'm like, are you sure you don't yeah. want to do the podcast with Chris? He's like, no, 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 I'm not that guy. <laughs> I know that feel. The, the I communications know that guy feel. is not that guy? Yeah, the communications guy is not the guy that wants to talk to people. For some odd reason, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> All right, so uh, without further ado, we will start with number five. All right, so I wanted to tell you guys this how I sort of came up with this list is I had a few criteria. One is that... Wait, I I'm sorry. On... You put actual thought into this list? Yes. yes oh, crap. <laughs> as as an artist, when, when dealing with aesthetic issues, um, I always come prepared. <laughs> and so All right. I didn't go, I didn't go online, except to verify that what, what I remembered was true after the fact, um, because I wanted it to be authentic. Yep. Um, it has to stick out on a shelf, which I think I did a pretty good job. And uh, it, has, job. it has to make you want to purchase it. And so that's my disclaimer. And uh, so, I will say, though, that there is a, a fine line of making it so bad that you want to buy it, like the original Mega Man box art. Oh, that's <laughs> true. The first one and the, and the second and one. And the second he, one. He was the a, second he was one like was better than the first man. one. That first one was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number five. Good. All right. Number five. So actually I did, it made me want to buy it. But like I said before, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but the uh, Secret of Mana. Yes. That cover like sticks with me. I can see it now. It's all green. There's like a couple children looking at this like forest that's very Ghibli-esque with like some birds flying yes. across. It's I can draw gr- that for you right now from memory just because <laughs> I fully agree. Yeah. And as we all know from uh, from modern commercials and marketing, that is actually just Oregon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is Oregon. Minus the huge bunnies. Yes, minus the huge bunnies. <laughs> also to play back from last uh, podcast, that was actually one of our top five then too. I think that was number three number for three? The, the full yeah. soundtrack, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Ooh, yeah, pretty good. Nice. All right. All right. So number four. So that's actually the only one on the list that I didn't, didn't actually own. Well, but th- that's perfectly fine because yeah. you didn't But it made me want to buy it. I just yeah. didn't have... Go, go buy the, the remake, yeah. whatever. It's a really fun game, man. You should really play cool. it. Yeah, I'll just check. don't uh, try and argue about how the, the fight system is outdated and the magic system's outdated, you know, like Kotaku <laughs> and Polyarch tried to do. It's perfectly fine for an early 90s game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can also switch the soundtrack to the old NES, uh, SNES version. And, which, which is awesome. Is, what, 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 oh, awesome. All right, awesome. so... Number four. Yeah, normally, normally oh, I'm not oh. a huge fan of like fan of RPGs, but I might check that out. But luckily, it's action, it's action RPG style, so it, nice. it's not turn based. It's it's a great game. Cool. Well, actually, right. the next one on my list is a RPG, Ooh. and Ooh. I remember so that same Fred Meyer. I remember going to <laughs> and seeing seeing the the cover art for Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yes, stark white during a time when everything was so busy. Agreed. Yep. It was white, and it was the first time I actually saw Cloud as like a character in a video game, and I was like in love with his design from the beginning. Um, 
picked that up and got a free t-shirt with cloud on the front of it too. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Cross marketing with Fred Meyer. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Give me royalties. for (laughs) I'm sure Um, the Kroger would love to, to get that name like expunged from the list. (laughs) But yeah, that all, that all white. And then clouds, like it's his back and looking at that. It's like Shinra, Shinra building. Yeah. Shinra tower. Um, Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. Um, Number three. And his giant sword. Don't forget his, his giant ma- sword. sword. That was, yeah, I'm the one that turned the that numbers way. here, Chris. Yeah, they just they just <laughs> wanted to throw off that sword. Who, look at me. Who's yep. the captain now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not you, dummy. Yeah. Nope. Number three. All right. It is. All right. Number, number three. Um, probably the most of the list. I think it's the most drab uh, color scheme, but Shadow of the Colossus. I can like see that in my mind right now. I can that see is the a massive cover. Yeah, for the for the PS2. What? Yeah, what? We'll give it to him. We'll give it to him. What? We'll do. We'll no, do no, 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 no. We'll I want to. I want to hear your BS reason for why Shadow of the Colossus is cover, which is it's pretty much like black with with the sky showing. Like, yep. why is that and the bad? Giant that like golden sky. Yeah, why is that bad? It's not bad. It just wouldn't pop out. <laughs> oh, that popped out to me. So what? you wanted to play it when we were at E3 back in the day, and I saw that, and I said I wanted to play it like that. You but wanted it, to play it because you'd heard about it, and I saw that. But it wasn't the... because of the box art. It was because of what I saw at E3. If I just saw the box art, no. No, I saw the art that they had above it, which was the exact same as the box art. Yes. yes. Yeah, the new one, the new one's pretty similar. I think the new one's more like grayscale. It's like more, yeah, like more yeah, it's so, like muted tones. Yeah. Where the other one was like, it was like this like sepia orange color. That at the time, at the time, I felt like it was way different than all the other covers out there. Oh, for sure. It was also a fantastic yeah. game. Don't get me wrong there, obviously. And the art style for yeah. the game itself was amazing. And the art style for the cover yeah. was awesome. No matter what Jason says, yeah. <laughs> I think that your answer is correct. Thank you. All right, and then we have we have number two right two. here. These two, the last two, I think are some of the big boys. And so number two, I put the Legend of Zelda cover art, the original one, the original Legend of Zelda cover so art, just the like shield? the shield, the shield, but it's the gold. It's yeah, the gold. yeah, the, the gold, the gold color on the on the cover. But then the it came with the cartridge, so I might be cheating here because I feel like it's the like the whole. The whole deal, you get it and you open it up and you get the, the gold. Uh, you're not cheating. Iconic. And, and you're not cheating on that because this was back in the day when the, the cover art that was on the box was also on the cartridge itself. Yes, right. exactly. So it wasn't like where it just said the name of the game. It had the same cover art on the cartridge. And the fact that they, that they kept the continuity of that cover art going was awesome. And that was a pretty neat one, too, with the gold cartridge. Yep. Yeah. The gold cartridge, but just a straight-up gold <laughs> color scheme with just the shield on it. Um, yep. And it, it was definitely it was. A, a very minimal uh, art style just because of the fact that they didn't have a lot of money into them at the time. But it's still very iconic. So I think that that's, I think that that's a good choice. So I, re- I remembered that Yeah, pretty much immediately. I was like, yes, the, that, that crest... With the different images on there in red, yeah. Zelda was, I think, Legend of Zelda was in red. Yep, the, golden the words. Red. Yeah, yeah, so awesome. All right, number one. All right, this is the this is the finale. So when I got, first got the question, I like closed my eyes, and this this came to me immediately. This is uh, a Mario Brothers game, but it's not Mario Two with like Mario jumping up and there's like the turnip, I think, and then Mario Worlds with like the rainbow colors and like Yoshi, um, or Mario One with Duck Hunt. I remember that one really iconically super mario brothers three however 
like just came out to me and it's the one where mario is flying with the raccoon okay yeah with yeah the yellow okay, background yeah. and the yellow around. the yellow background and you Giant saw it mario. immediately don't you gotta you gotta be honest with me that yellow background just like pops out at you if you were to see that on a shelf today that would be the first thing you saw if you walked into a store very true and it was the first thing i saw back in the day yeah. i was just <laughs> constantly wanting to play it and it also helps the rapper, the rapper you know had the, amazing, back, yeah. the yellow oh, background yeah, of, yeah. And there, yeah. there, it's very much a, uh, a a play on the the colors of you know want and everything like that. There there are definitely proper color combinations that you that you get for different marketing materials. Yes. Whatever. All right, you're wrong. <laughs> you're totally wrong. Yes. Okay. And I will uh, like uh, right. give you three examples for myself. Uh, the reason why. Okay. Uh, yeah. Number one for me. Desert storm having an attack helicopter attack some building yep. out of nowhere <laughs> was phenomenal yeah, to me. That one, That's actually what happened in Desert Storm. They just attacked buildings out of nowhere. Well, there's, so. there's Desert Storm, Jungle Storm. Uh, what was the other and one? they attacked a palm tree out of nowhere. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Just yep. blowing, That's all it was. Blowing stuff up for no reason. Yes. Here's my money. I have fifty dollars allowance. Please take it. Stop Desert touching storm. my hand. I will because I want to <laughs> explode. <laughs> Uh, another one, uh, Metal Gear Solid, again with the all white uh, design. That was a good one. That's Metal a Gear good one. Had such a different art style for the time being that I was just like, damn, I want to know all about this game right here. I don't even yeah. know what this game's about, but looking at it, that dude's mysterious. Want it. <laughs> yes. Number three for me, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption, uh, more mm-hmm. current game. Having him just point the gun all red. Uh, yeah. We've gone with solid yep. colors. Man alive. That was just a starking image amongst a, a sea of brown that the PS3 and Xbox 360 uh, systems were in. So yep. that was very different to see on the shelf. I will say that I am glad that you did not say Mario 2 because Super Mario <laughs> 2 is definitely a ripoff of another game. Whatever. Floating as Peach, best experience of your life. Yes, but if you said that the if you said that the box art was the best, then you have an issue because they stole the box art from another game. Yeah, the, the box art yeah. was garbage. <laughs> I would say the original Doom. Oh, the original Ooh. Doom is a good yeah, That's one. super iconic. That is yep, a good call. That's a good one. And I would also say uh, Command and Conquer. Oh, with the, the original the goggles, Command and Conquer? The goggles yeah, one? with the goggles. Yeah, mm. yeah I can see that too. That's iconic. That, very iconic choices, Chris. Yes. I do actually like the the new Doom as well. <laughs> it has really good box art. Just Doom? Just Doom. Yeah, just, just Doom in general. Doom behind it, like, you know what? Like, let's just throw this out there. The entire Doom series, no matter what, it's amazing. OST, box yeah. art, OST, whatever. yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Go by Moss and then go by Doom. <laughs> yeah, <you can> juxtapose <laughs> your entire playing catalog. Yeah. You can yes. actually get VF, VFR, yep. right? Yes. VFR? Yeah. Buy, yeah. buy a VR system, Moss and Doom, you're covered. Yep, you get the mm-hmm. entire gamut of amazingness. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Doom VFR bundle. And then you buy Moss. Ooh, oh, super cheap. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's Open right. everybody. Like it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, our number one on the last podcast was Doom, the OST. If you have not played the new Doom, Ooh. Chris, it yeah. is, it's a great game, and the, the soundtrack is amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> For all of that, check out our last podcast. Yeah. What was it called? Radical Karaoke? Radical Karaoke. Yes, Radical Karaoke. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to call this one. I make a fool of myself multiple times. Yes! yes. Yay! <laughs> so, Chris, how can people follow you on the social medias? Yeah, well, you can follow uh, Polyarch at Polyarch Games on, I think it's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, we have the same handle for all of those. Nice. 
So yeah, please, please give us a little follow. And definitely go buy Moss. Yes. Please buy Moss. <laughs> you won't <laughs> be disappointed. We gave you we gave you a nine and a half out of ten, which is very hard to get on our scale because yes. realistically nothing's perfect. Like even Final Fantasy Seven, if I were to grade it now, based off of just straight nostalgia, it still gets a nine and a half. It's, oh. That is basically a that is basically a perfect in my eyes. It's a super memorable experience. Which yes. Moss right now at the PlayStation Store is five stars out of five stars. Ooh. Yeah, we just had an article come out that it says there's been five hundred and fifty reviews, all user reviews, and they've all been five stars. Dang. Damn it. I know. I ruined it. That's super high. I ruined yeah, they gave me they gave me a set out of ten. <laughs> this is true. We, I know we, actually we yeah, round up and it's cool. We were yeah, we were joking that since that article came out, a bunch of trolls are gonna hit the website and <laughs> really yeah. mess with you that. You just call this uh, trolls is what I hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a troll. Please do not yeah. <laughs> do not report me to Sweden. There's <laughs> so, a Denmark. So Both. Chris, <laughs> Chris, I know we're getting to the end here, and I just want to ask one probably question that'll be erased forever. But what's Polyarc working on right now? That is an interesting question. I thought you might ask that. Um, right now, it's a bunch of smaller things. We were working on one project together as a team for a really long time, and it just came out. So now we're kind of like trying a bunch of different things. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm so vague because I don't know if I'm allowed to really talk about any of that stuff. Right <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Don't worry. I. I completely understand that totally understand. <laughs> there are things that we can talk about with our friends and there are things that we cannot talk about with our friends while there's a microphone in front of us <laughs> and beers are involved oh yes. god that makes it even exactly. worse that's a good thing that we're not like live streaming these because i have to go back yeah. and delete a few things every now and then oh yeah everything. yeah <laughs> this like, oh, I, I have an nda on that i'm not really supposed to talk about that <laughs> so are you guys going to be at e3 this year yeah i think a few of us are coming down i'll be there for sure Sweet. Sweet. We would love yeah. to sit down with you again if that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. We should I meet would, up. I would love to buy you dinner. Like, let's, yes. let's hang yep. out. Do you like curry? Ooh, you know what? Spot. Yes. I will definitely eat curry with you guys. Beautiful. If, if yes. we had our choice, we would eat Japanese curry every night and lunch. But we can't do lunch because obviously we'll be at the convention center. Yep. But but we will eat Japanese curry like every night. It's so good. It is so good. It's easily like three times... When we're there for that week, yes, and we that know the it's the 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 place that we go to is called Coco Ichibanya. It is the largest curry house in the world. They have Whoa. four locations in America and fourteen hundred locations in Asia. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, Chris, like not not like overstepping. It'll blow your mind. It will. Actually, uh, <laughs> last year when we were there, so we we went uh, we went like three times. We took. We took my boss from my day job there, and then we went like two other times. And one night we're sitting there with a couple of our friends, and I'm looking around. I'm like, God, the service is really bad today. I don't know what's going on. And Jason's like, well, they're really packed. And I I swear, I think three quarters of this restaurant is filled with Nintendo. And I'm like, no, that's not possible. And I look over my shoulder. I'm like, wait, I know that guy that's standing over there. Oh, he's part of Treehouse from Nintendo. I got to go talk to him. (laughs) It literally was. They had like a, it was someone's birthday in the Treehouse. And they were, they all went to Coco Ichibanya in K-Town. They all trekked from the convention center to Koreatown just to eat there. Yeah, Chris, you're going to experience that. Get ready. Yeah, get Get ready. Get your body ready for that. Now, how'd that happen? (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, As as we've said multiple times before, you can find us on all forms as... As I beat it first, uh, except for Facebook, we are I beat it first calm because Jason still hasn't gotten around to fixing that. Um, Thank you very much to our special guest, Chris. Yes. 
Yeah. You're welcome, guys. That was Thank awesome. Thank you for making the time for us. And everybody, we will see you on the next one.